Okay, welcome back. It's still the podium, our current affairs flagship program on policy, strategy, and good governance. And um, today being Friday, of course, uh, we have um, a special guest in the studio this morning. They're from the NOI polls. We have Jumobi Adegbite. He is a communications designer. Good morning, Abuja. And uh, Abba David, communications officer. And um, on this program today, we're looking at... Um, Mm, okay, in Nigeria, they say majority of police encounters marked by bribery, difficulty, getting assistance, survey shows. So we're looking at basically um, what um, the encounters of most Nigerians with the police generally. That's what we're looking at today. Uh, Nigerians encounter with the police. Don't forget what led or uh, brought about the hashtag NSAS. Of course, SAS is part of the police. What brought about it due to SAS brutality or police brutality as well led or brought about um, the campaign hashtag and SAS. And um, we're looking at um, the encounters of many Nigerians with the Nigerian police in the last um, one year. Am I correct? We'll be speaking with Okay Chuku Nwaguma, his executive director, rule of law, advocacy and accountability center. Uh, that's the person we'll be speaking with um, this morning, okay? But while we're at it, let's see, um, you know, what the survey shows here. Okay, let's see what the survey shows here in terms of um, key findings. Let's hear from you now, David. Okay, good morning. Good morning, Abuja. Good morning, Peniel. So uh, this survey was conducted in partnership with our national partners, Afrobarometer. Afrobarometer is a non-partisan research organization in Africa. Uh, the survey was conducted by the NY Post team, and a total of 1,599 adult Nigerians were interviewed in their preferred language. Uh, this survey was conducted around uh, January, February 2020. Some of the findings from this survey are uh, only one in ten Nigerians say they requested assistance from the police during the previous year. The survey was conducted in 2020, so these questions were asked based on 2019. So only one in ten Nigerians say they requested police assistance in 2019. Uh, also, among citizens who had contact with the police, large majority say they paid bribes to get police assistance. That's 77% of Nigerians who say they've had contact with the police say they paid bribes to get police assistance or uh, to avoid problems with the police, 68%. Uh, Nigeria is also among the countries with the highest proportion of citizens who say they found it difficult or very difficult to get police assistance, that's 65%. Uh, this comparison was made with uh, other countries because this survey was conducted in 38 other countries. So Nigeria topped the list of countries which said uh, uh, that citizens said they, they had to they, they paid the highest uh, level of bribe to get police assistance. So also among key leaders and officials, the police are among the, the most widely perceived as corrupt in Nigeria. Six in ten respondents, that's 61 percent, say most or all police officials are corrupt. More so, uh, only 24% of Nigerians say they trust the police somewhat or a lot, and it's one of the lowest level of popular trust among officials. Finally, when we had asked our questions on uh, how satisfied citizens are with what the government is doing, uh, only one in three 
only about one in three citizens say the government is doing fairly well or very well in fighting corruption and reducing crime. Both assessments replete a steep decline in uh, when you compare these findings with uh, the findings we obtained in 2017. Okay, well, um, that's quite um, huge. More like that's where the issue of trust comes in between the citizens and um, the police. Uh, more like there's a strain, some have said there's a strain relationship. There's a strained relationship between the police and um, the citizen in terms of trust. Most Nigerians will tell you that um, when it comes to you know, having trust in the Nigerian police is a no-no for them. But like I said, we'll be connecting with Kuaguma. Um, Hello, good morning. Good morning. Good morning to you. Um, okay, Chuku Umaguma. Good morning. Welcome to the podium. My pleasure. It's been a while. Yes, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Good to hear you. Good, good to hear your voice again. Also, and you too. Good to hear your voice. Let me say Happy New Year to start. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> we haven't spoken for a while. Happy New Year. Yeah. Okay. Let's go straight to business this morning. Looking at um, you know, Nigeria's experience, Nigerians' experience with the Nigerian police. Yes. And then the server says most Nigerians who encountered the police last year say that they had to pay bribes and found it difficult to get help. Um, that's according to the survey. What's your take on this? Well, my first point will be to congratulate NOIA for that uh, survey and to say that, uh, that what that survey actually did was to um, validates, you know, previous similar surveys on the police and other public ins institutions. It also confirms the experience we as an organization have had with the police, monitoring police conduct over the years. The police, uh, and there's a lot of corruption in the police. Uh, police cannot be trusted by the people and the people, and they're not able to render help to the people except for the people pay. And even when they pay, they are not able to get the help they need. So what the, I mean, there have been previous uh, surveys uh, either in, by different local and international organizations on the same subject matter. You know, so that survey actually confirms what we already know. And I congratulate the NOA for carrying out that survey. But of course, we need to also look at the, the factors responsible for this you know, the high level of corruption and bribery within the Nigerian police. And I think that's the area of focus so that we're able to also to address what needs to be done to address that. Hmm. So let's look at these factors you're trying to, you just mentioned now. What are some of these factors? Well, the first thing is that there is an institutional culture. You know, Nigeria inherited a colonial culture of, you know, institutions and culture of the colonial police. The vision and mission and oppressions of the police have been, you know, um, guided by that culture of, you know, repression and, and corruption. And so nothing much has changed. The other one is perennial neglect, poor funding, lack of equipment. In the absence of the, the tools for the police to work, they look for other means to generate revenue, which is extortion, you know, brutality, and so, so we need to we need to deal with the culture of corruption and 
underfunding, under resourcing of the police, so that uh, whereas poor funding is not a justification for corruption, but it is a key factor that drives corruption in the Nigerian police. And the government has not shown sufficient commitment to address this problem of culture, institutional culture, and on, on the resourcing of the police. And I think this needs to be done. Of course, the new police act provides a framework to address all this. But we can see that rather than enforce and implement the police act, the president is leading the way in subverting the law. For example, through the through the appointment of the IGP without recourse to the procedure laid down by the police act and the constitution. Well, let's look at it this way. They say it takes two to tango, right? Absolutely. Yes. If there are no citizens to bribe the police, there will be no police to collect bribe. No, but you see, you find the citizens found themselves in a situation where, for example, take, let's take a, a scenario. For example, mm. your, your, your relation is detained. Mm. And you are you want to have him released? If, if sometimes people are detained even for committing no offence or for for committing simple offence or even civil offence, you know. And then you want you you know that your your relation is entitled to bail. Mm. And then the police says pay money for bail. And if you don't pay, they will not release the person. So you you find yourself in a helpless situation. Sometimes you need certain documents like you know. You know, you know, like character certificate or something. And you go to the police and they say, you pay money, you get it. If you don't pay, you won't get it. So what will you do? So citizens are actually helpless. The blame, I don't think, should go to the citizens. It should go to the government that has failed to adequately fund the police and to ensure discipline and professionalism in the Nigerian police through funding and, and ensuring ac ac accountability. But, but we're still going back to the same issue because if you say government... This government we're talking about, they're not spirits, they're humans, okay? And it's still human beings that carry out this act. That's why I'm still on the issue of the citizens. The government, they are part of the... Their government is still citizen. If people don't encourage this, so as the police also. You made mention, bill is free, like they say. When you get to the police station, they tell you, you pay. If, if we as citizens stand our ground, because if you look at um, the... The survey, they say about 70% of Nigerians. That means 70% of Nigerians are willing to bribe the police in order to get away with whatever they are being accused of, whether they were wrong or right, either way. So if we have 70%, you know, willing to part ways with money in order to get away with whatever they are accused of, don't you think that um, the citizens also influence the police in one way or the other? I think that the citizens played their role, you know, in in, in the NSAS protest that we witnessed in in, in 2020. Mm. And you saw that for the first time, Nigerian youths who are the most victimized, who are, who are the highest targets of police violence and brutality, rose in a manner that nobody could imagine and demanded an end to police brutality, police corruption. And of course, you saw government, you know, considering that the people have a right to protest and made offers to, you know, promise to, you know, meet the demands of the people. But you saw what happened. At the end of the day, government has reached. So people have, the option that people have now is 
in, in, of course, government itself is, is repressive and uses the, even the same police we are talking about as tool of repression. And so the people, when people, you know, you know, you know, speak up, they are, they, they are, you know, repressed with the police. So the option there would, would be to demand an end to this government. What, what, what we'll be asking if people have peacefully demanded change and government is not acceding to change. The next option would then be for the people to, to demand a change. Unfortunately, we have a parliament that is not working for the people. The parliament ought to have taken steps to, to ensure that, you know, they call the, the, the executive to order, you know, which for me is the challenge. So ultimately, the people are doing their bit. But of course, the government is, is, is quick to accuse the people of violence or trying to overthrow the government when they make simple demands. Uh, you know. bef before I let you go, because at the end of the day, we'll try to look for solution and hope that these solutions will be considered and implemented. What should be the way forward from here? Well, the eternal, eternal vigilance is the price of liberty. Uh, the people must continue to speak up and demand change, which includes that government must demonstrate genuine commitment to police reform and that will include improving funding improving uh, in equipment look at today in the southeast the pol police officers are targets of attacks and there's no, no not even a resistance from the security agencies so i think that it takes us back to the need to enhance the in intelligence investigative and operational capacities of the police to be able to effectively discharge their functions without this the police will, will continue to resort to other means you know to to to, to general resources all right, um, okay, Chukunwangoma, the Executive Director, Rule of Law Advocacy and Accountability Center. Thanks for being part of the program today. Thank you, it's my pleasure. And we're looking forward to seeing you in the studio soonest. Sure, I'm, I'm, I'm always at your service. <laughs> All right, um, thank you. Do have yourself a great weekend. Thank you, you too. All right, bye bye. Okay, well, that has been the voice of um, Okechuku Umaguma. He's Executive Director, Rule of Law, Advocacy and Accountability Center. Gentlemen, uh, we're way out of time. Now, your, what's your last word as we exit the studio? All right, thank you, Peniel. Um, just like um, our guests have already submitted, I think there is um, a lot lies on the shoulder of the government to put in place necessary measures that would um, motivate citizens to trust to trust security agencies to trust um, the, uh, most especially uh, the, the police now because these are uh, the closest people to the, the, this the, this is the closest agency to the people so if if there's a lack of trust between the people and the police who are supposed to be the closest to the people and you know to protect them to secure their properties and lives and all of that i think um we'll, we'll be far from where we're supposed to be okay david your last word okay uh and uh, i guess i said it all so uh for improvement in security in nigeria citizens first needs to trust the police uh, there's no way citizens will re report crimes and uh, other uh, uh, things happening in the community to the police if they don't trust the police. So the police should ensure to build trust in the hearts of citizens to improve policing in Nigeria. Okay, Tracy. Well, for me, <laughs> I keep saying 
the people have to we have to have a way at the stage we are to get power back to the people hmm. get power back to the people so value your privacy cherish your privacy and when you cast your vote defend your vote god bless you god bless nigeria and long live the federal republic of nigeria my name remains peniel peniel diela i say bye-bye and um, i'll see you much later bye-bye for now we fm 106.3 Hello and good afternoon to you. It is a very rainy day here in Abuja this beautiful afternoon. It is one of those days that you probably want to not go to work, but we're here. And um, you are officially welcome to the meeting edition of Data Chart. Data Chart is actually focused on analyzing interrogating and interpreting polls and survey findings majorly from NOI polls. This is actually to help us make um, informed decisions on national national and social issues across various sectors. Data Chat also is a production of NOI Polls Limited. And for those of you who don't know, NOI Polls is the number one for country-specific credible polling services across West Africa. And um, if you want more information on that, you can check us up at um, www.noipolls.com. extract value from it, to visualize it, to communicate it, is going to be a hugely important skill in the next decade. At NOI Polls, we offer the combination of forward-thinking research and relevant data for the private, public and the third sector across Nigeria and West Africa. We provide timely and relevant information on public opinions across sectors. Our values and principles are wrapped around professionalism, excellence, teamwork, integrity, and commitments. Call 0929041162 or email inquiries at noi-polls.com. Also visit us at number 4 Depp Street, Neitama, Abuja. Remember, without data, you're just another person with an opinion. NOI polls, data, analytics, data bank, strategy. All right, you're welcome back. It is Data Chart, and I am Nelly Ohuche. And um, like I said earlier, Data Chart is focused on analyzing, interrogating, and interpreting polls and survey 
findings majorly from NOI polls. Um, on today's edition, we're going to be looking at um, issues around the NYSC. Um, for most Nigerian graduates, actually, from higher institutions of learning across Nigeria, especially um, those below the age 30, mobilization for the National Youth Service Corps, NYSE, is like the icing on the cake. It actually, um, it actually marks the end of a major academic milestone, one that will, you know, most times take them far away from home to serve their nation. And... You know, for a lot of them, it's an opportunity to explore the values and the cultures of other regions in Nigeria. The NYSC scheme was established by the then head of state, Yakubu Gowon, in 1973, and it was set up to foster national unity, peaceful coexistence, and heal the wounds of the af aftermath of the Nigerian civil war. However, um, in recent times, there has been calls for you know, either a restructure or an outright scrap of the scheme. NYPO recently conducted a poll to actually feel the polls of um, Nigerians, you know, to find out their perception on the scheme. You know, you can also find this um, poll results on www.noi-polls.com. Um, so to this end, we're, we're going to be looking at um, the NYSC scheme majorly about issues around the concerns of the scheme we're going to be looking at the gains of the scheme we're also going to be looking at the dynamic reforms you know vis-a-vis -vis the nyse poll findings um to do this we have two discussions to help us interrogate the poll findings and hopefully to help us understand the numbers we have um, Chido Wakama and Enyola Adifioyi. but before we delve into that conversation um, we're going to take a listen to uh, production, you know, on um, and the NYS scheme actually, and it's a short documentary. And just want you to take a listen. Then we'll come back, and then it will be the conversation proper. Stay with us. It's still data chat on WeFM. The National Youth Service Corps NYSC scheme has been on the front burner of debates in recent times. A debate centered on the relevance or otherwise of the scheme to meet the demands of present-day realities and needs. This debate was sparked up by a bill put before the National Assembly to repeal the NYSC Act from Section 315, Subsection 5A of the 1999 Constitution of the Federal Republic of Nigeria. Their, their innate skills are not to dwell on their certificates. The debate has thrown up valid concerns, apparent gains, and whether or not it should be restructured or outrightly scrapped. Established by the Yakubu Gowon military government in 1973, post the Nigerian Civil War, the mandate of the NYSC was to foster national unity and development amongst Nigeria. It was to accommodate graduates from all higher institutions of learning across Nigeria to further build on the efforts of government, 
post the civil war to reconcile, reunite and rebuild the nation. The bane of the debate has been whether or not the scheme has met the purpose of its establishment. The NOI polls team took to the streets to hear what Nigerians think about uh, promote this. Promote national unity in the country. Yeah, it has helped in promoting national unity among youth, among fresh graduates. Because the people you schooled, are, are schooled with are different with the people you're meeting during NYC. To me, I feel makes amongst the concerns of Nigerians for the scrapping of the NYSE scheme has been the rising insecurity especially in northern Nigeria. This has caused the needless death of core members owing to political or religious crisis. Also, it is no news that core members influence their posting either to specific viable states or organizations or states within their region of origin or location. Hence, defeating the aim of cultural reorientation and reintegration. The challenge of unfair labor practices against core members and the poor state of some orientation camps and coppers lodge have also been a source of concern and reason for the call for the scrap of the scheme. If they stop NYC, I don't support it. I don't su On the flip side, amongst Nigerians who disagree that it be scrapped, their reasons are hinged on the opportunities for cross-cultural experiences garnered during the programs by youths. So we mingle with a lot of people, so that one also sells. So it is a lesson on its own, you understand? But for instance, also I'm a Yoruba, so if I go to NYSE, so I will mingle with the other tribe, all those people that are coming from East, all those people that are coming from uh, Southwest, all those, so and so on and so forth. As we can all know that uh, we have a cis geopolitical zone in Nigeria. So, uh, For some, it gives an opportunity to learn new skills and vocation for one year by involvement with community development services activities and skills learned from living among people with a different lifestyle. In the ministries and what have you. So to me, it has helped in enlightening, in teaching people and I benefited and, you know. However, a major reason is the one-year federal and most times state allowances that every core member is entitled to monthly. This is considering the high rate of unemployment in Nigeria. During our time, it's 19,800 naira. But now they now increase it to 33,000 naira. You understand? A person that is using his brain, you understand, he can use that interval. You understand? Because from there, maybe you may keep in at least 15,000, 15,000 naira to keep it for a month, calculate for a month, for a year. That is for a 12 month. 15,000 times twice. You understand? After the NYSC, you understand, you can use it or start at least open your own self-employment, you understand, before looking for something to Findings from a recently conducted poll by NOI polls on the relevance of the National Youth Service Corps clearly reveals that 83% of adult Nigerians who were interviewed admitted that the scheme has met its objectives of fostering national unity in the country. Interestingly, 83% stated that graduates benefit from the scheme and when probed further, 30% of the respondents said monthly allowance is a major reason why the scheme should not be scrapped. 
while 17% hinged their reasons on intercultural relationships and 12% on self-development amongst others. The NYSE scheme mobilizes at least 250,000 graduates to serve the nation in various locations and various capacity annually. This huge human capital must be maximally tapped and developed to its fullest potential. More than ever before, Nigerians must insist on the promotion of national unity and development especially amongst young people. This is giving the many fault lines, tribal and religious sentiments, and secessionist clamors that the nation struggles with. Most importantly, the need to build usable skills and capacity in viable fields must be worked out and properly structured for these youths. This will crush the unemployment rates to the barest minimum, the youths must be used as a viable vehicle to drive the digital economy and create capacity and skills in the technical vocational education training space, giving them a better employability opportunity and creating entrepreneurs for the future. This skill development will most definitely trickle down to the communities and locations of their primary assignment. A positively engaged mind will not engage in hooliganism and violent activities, thus a sure way of cubbing the pockets of violence youths are recruited to perpetuate. With a structure and mechanism that has existed for almost five decades, a reform of the NYSE scheme to meet the contemporary expectations and challenges of the 21st century would better serve Nigeria, rather than the complete dismantle. All right, you're welcome back. Yes, that was a short documentary on the NYSE scheme. And like I said, today we're going to be looking at um, the NYSE schemes. We're looking at the concerns, the gains, and dynamic reforms. And uh, just before we start that conversation, uh, we're going to have Abba David, who will be running through our poll findings. And um, then we have Chido Makama and Inyola to help us unbundle the poll findings. So, um, Abba? All right, over to you. All right, good afternoon, Nigeria. Good afternoon, listeners. It's good to be here. So, uh, because the poll was conducted to uh, fill the pulse of Nigerians regarding what they feel about the NYSE scheme, uh, the scheme itself was uh, established to foster unity. The first question on the poll was uh, uh, on how, how well Nigerians think the scheme has met its objective of fostering national unity in the country and 83 percent of nigerians disclosed that yes the nyc scheme has uh, uh, helped to improve uh, uh, it has helped in fostering national unity in the country 17 percent stated otherwise that the nyc scheme has not uh, helped met its objective in fostering national unity in the country uh, also we asked nigerians what they think regarding uh, what graduates benefit from the scheme and 83% also stated that, yes, uh, graduates benefit from the NYSE scheme uh, after uh, their graduation from school. 
uh, we asked went on to ask them what are the benefits graduates enjoy from the scheme and uh, the majority ma the majority of them at 30 percent stated monthly allowance others are intercultural relationships 17 percent uh, self-development 12 percent uh, promotes national unity 10 percent so uh, about uh, the use of uh, core members as ad hoc staffs during our uh, election we asked nigerians what they think and 57 percent of nigerians uh, agreed that uh, uh, they agreed for the use of core members during uh, election uh, we went on to ask if they support the main question for the survey in light of the recent debate in the national assembly if they support the scrapping of the nyc scheme and majority at 80 percent stated that they do not support scrapping of the nyc scheme 13 percent uh, support scrapping of the scheme and seven percent were indifferent so for those who said the support we asked uh, why they uh, for those who oppose scrapping of the scheme we asked why and uh, the top reason was it encourages cultural integration at 30 percent 27 percent stated that it is an avenue for exposure and self-development 17 percent stated that it helps the youth in many ways while 11 percent stated that it helps in gaining work experience so for those who support scrapping of the scheme the majority of them stated that uh, it is for security reasons at 56 percent while uh 24 percent stated that there is no benefit in the scheme uh, lastly we asked if the scheme were to be modified what are some of the changes that uh they would like to see and majority at 24 percent stated that uh, jobs should be created for uh graduates after service 23 percent stated that core members should be uh posted within their geopolitical zone and 13 percent stated that core members should be posted to organizations relevant to their discipline all right, thank you very much, Abba, for that. Um, that's the findings of the NYSC poll. And um, we'll just um, cut to the chase and we're bringing Chido Wakama and Enyola Defioye. Chido Wakama is a communication strategist. He's actually a scholar, a marketer with extensive media and industry experience consulting in Nigeria and Africa. He's also an adjunct faculty at the School of Media and Communication, Pan-African University, Lagos. Um, do we have Chido Makama? All right. Um, we also have Inyola Defioye, who is the MDC or Tributary Initiatives for Learning. Um, her work at Trio fosters market-relevant and technology-driven initiatives in the technical vocational training education tvet space um, we're going to have both of them have this conversation with us all right let's start with Eniola. Eniola, are you there hi Nelly, i'm here hi good to have you thank you all right um let's delve into this i'm, I'm sure you've looked at our poll findings um what is your take very briefly now what is your take on um the national the, the nys scheme as it is now very briefly um i personally believe that um i would root for the nys to stay i mean not scrapping and i believe um nyc could still serve a purpose to help a country to move forward and um it's also an opportunity for to get our youth um, become better in uh, different aspects of, of getting jobs and um, probably opportunity to even train. And I think the um, exposure is also good because most of our uh, graduates, most of them haven't left their 
your region all right so it's an opportunity for exposure self-development so i would definitely still root for nyc all right um let, let's also look at um you know um the major reason why um okay let's 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 look at you know the nigerian unemployment rate which stands at 32 32.5 percent um also the number of young graduates you know um that are being mobilized annually which stands at you know 300,000 as well as the number of candidates that sit for jam you know annually this is an alarming figure um how do we what i'm looking at is how do we having looked at economies like you know the chinese with a huge population um we see them sell their skills all across the world in various sectors what can we learn from them should we be de-emphasizing on university degrees or do we um do away with certain courses in our institutions of higher learnings to replace them you know with gradually so or, or globally sought after skill sets what what's your take on that okay so um yes the unemployment rate is alarming really and it's still rising so more reason we need to get to the you know, table and do something serious about it um i think it's very important that educational institutions work closely with um the private sector industry you know government and um to we look at our curriculum. It's very important that our curriculum, the programs our institutions run, are aligned to the needs, you know, supply uh, the needs of these for um, our businesses. It's very important. Okay. We find that most of the time our graduates get jobs, and um, or at the end of the day, some of them can't find uh, get to graduate. They can't find jobs, and some of the reasons from experience with most of these industries that they don't have the relevant um, skills. So I think we need to really go back to the what we've been taught, what has been taught in the school, okay. and uh, what the market really needs. All right, um, let let's take this conversation to Chidomakama. You're welcome, sir. Um, Okay, our poll findings actually show that 10% of our respondents are of the opinion that, you know, part of the benefits of the NYSE scheme is to promote national unity. 17% say intercultural relationship. Considering that one of the major reasons for the setup of the NYSE scheme was to foster national unity and for intercultural association, to what extent do you think that um, this has been achieved so far? Mr. Chido, if you can hear me. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. Uh, the NYC scheme has succeeded in the main uh, in achieving the broad objectives for setting it up. It's, I start, for instance, in the 85-86 session. I served in Ondo State. It was my first time visiting Ondo State. And I I consider Ondo and ATT as part of my my home base now. Uh, I served in Ipaki ATT and Akure, and I I thoroughly enjoyed the experience. I still have friends from there. So uh, intercultural exchange, uh, national unity broadening the perspectives of participants about the country all of those are ambitious goals that i think the nyc has achieved 
the it has done well uh if, if i will i will address other issues as we go on but okay it has really achieved those goals as your survey results show okay L let us look at um, unemployment like i asked daniela earlier um the, we, we see the rate of un unemployment in nigeria we also see the um, number of people that no number of young graduates that are mobilized annually and those actually also sitting for jam what do you think that we can do um, with this huge number to be able to make um as, as it were make them have globally sought after skills i i i i struggle to find the relationship to the nyc uh, with this question okay i think you are asking a broad question about about reform i'm looking at how we it can be reformed to be able to make these young ones who come out of school be a lot more employable with, with sought-after skills, rather than just carrying certificates around and really can't do so much. Which are the sought-after skills? Where are the gaps that the young graduates are not filling? I think that uh, that conversation, we have turned it on its head in Nigeria. The challenge is that there is a, there's a structural problem. Our economy is not growing. There are not enough spaces. So to now blame the victim, which is what we are doing. We are saying, uh, these young people, the problem is that they don't have the relevant skills. It's not true. They have, they have, we have, they have broad general education that can fit into a growing economy. When they come out, they have the skills, they have training that makes them trainable. As in, they, they are, they, our educational system offers a broad general education of competencies in tackling issues. It prepares them for training to fit into specifics. So they have a broad training and then you can then train them to fit into the ICT industry, okay. to fit into agriculture, to fit into anything. Okay. The challenge is that our economy is not growing. Plain and simple. All right. Broad national challenge that we need to tackle. It has nothing to do with the youth of Nigeria. Okay. All right. Um, we're going to cut it short there. Um, this, this, like I said earlier, is going to be the first edition of this conversation. There's so much else we want to talk about. We will be having the NYS uh, representatives from the NYSC in the next edition, so we can really have time to look into some of the issues around the poll findings. Uh, on a very final note, Enyola, what would be your suggestion to the NYSC um, in terms of, you know, looking at increase, improving, as it were? um innovative training or you know um in terms of innovative training to improve job matches very briefly in in, in 60 seconds please uh, yes thank you nelly um i think nyc yes i mean like it fulfilled um goals and all but it can repurpose to observe even current uh, reality needs all right so i would say i think nyc needs to think of working with relevant stakeholders people with expertise Let's look at how we can, within the first year, that one year, improve our skills for our young people so they can actually, you know, they have the right skills to serve their regional feed market or even probably their sensitive or the other locations. 
Alright, um, Mr. Chidomakama, on a very final note, what, what is your take on the NYC in terms of us looking at improvement in 30 seconds? <laughs> the, the challenge that the NYC has now is the insecurity of the nation currently. Uh, the scheme can begin to offer there were attempts at, at, at some point to make it a paramilitary training for one year, just as Israel has and a few other countries. We may consider that. We may consider identifying five core areas of national interest and say each time people come to do the NYC, they will fit into any of these five areas. It could be agriculture, it could be ICT, it could be so we are preparing manpower for five specific areas all right what we can do. Thank you so very much uh, Mr. Chido Nwakama and Inyola Defioye for being a part of um, Data Charts today. We will continue this conversation with the NYSE representatives on the next edition of Data Chart. Uh, like you know, it holds every Wednesday 2.30pm and it is powered by NOI Polls. This way we'll be wrapping it up for today. Do have a pleasant afternoon. I am Nelly Ohuche on behalf of the entire staff and management of NOI polls to have a beautiful day. We FM one oh six point three